Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Because your timing is everything. And I wanted to start this with uh, 10 jokes about time. So you ready? <laughs> so here we go. Number one, if a child refuses to sleep during nap time, are they guilty of resisting arrest? <laughs> Number two, I thought I was just really tired, but it's been five years, so I guess this is how I look now. <laughs> Number three, I'm old enough to remember when emojis were called hieroglyphics. <laughs> Number four, retirement is the time in your life when time is no longer money. That one's not funny. Number five, I hate when I've been running on the treadmill for half an hour and I look down and it's only been four minutes. Number six, did you hear about the guy who fell into the infinity pool? It took him forever to get out. Number seven, sorry I'm late, but I wanted to make sure I missed most of it. <laughs> that one's fitting for all the Christmas stuff we've been doing, right? Number eight, if you enjoy arguing about lunches at 6 a.m., I highly recommend parenting. Number nine, sorry I'm late. Traffic is exactly how it's been every day for the past five years, and I was not expecting that. And number 10, the only time a woman wishes she were a year older is when she is expecting a baby. <clears throat> that one has not been as funny as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> the ladies don't laugh when they hear that. All I get are groans, so I'm sorry for that one, ladies. I'll try and do better. Uh, but today I want to talk to you about the importance of God's timing in your life. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8.6 on your outline, on your app, on the screen, on the TV, it's everywhere. There is a right, read this with me. There is a right time and a right way to do everything, but we know so little. We know so little. There's a right way, a right time to do all of this, but it, it, it's possible to do the right thing at the wrong time. And it's possible to have the right timing and do the wrong thing because we know so little. Uh, it takes skill to be able to, to recognize God's timing in your life because there's a rhythm to life. And wise people learn how to cooperate with that rhythm. They learn when to speed up and when to slow down. And the more you grow as a follower of Christ, the better you get at following God's timing. Spiritually, it's called walking in the Spirit. And one of the skills that we want to teach you, one of the skills you need to learn this new year is how to cooperate with God's timing. When to speed up, when to slow down. Because the Bible has a lot to say about running the race of life. We're to run the race of life, but it is a marathon, not a sprint or a dash. And the key to running a marathon, they tell me... <laughs> yeah... <clears throat> is to know when to speed up and when to slow down. And if you look at Jesus' life and ministry, you read through the Gospels, you're going to see that he had an incredible sense of urgency about life. Fifteen times in the Gospels, the word immediately is used. Immediately Jesus did this. Immediately Jesus did that. He had a sense of urgency in his life and his ministry. Uh, the Apostle Paul also had a sense of urgency. Look what he wrote. Uh, he says, run hard and fast in the faith. Run in such a way as to get the prize. I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. I run 
to win. Paul says, I run, I run, I run, I run. There are times when God wants you to move very, very fast. But the Bible also has a lot to say about going slow, about taking your time, about being patient, about waiting. We wait on the Lord. And so in this new year, when does God want you to uh, move fast? When does God want you to move slow? And so I want to show you the principles of how this works. On your notes here, number one, I should move fast when God tells me to do something. When God tells me to do something, I should move fast. Because the Bible's filled with instructions for life. The, the, the Bible calls them commands and precepts and directives and instruction. Whatever you call them, God expects you to obey them. And parents, what if you told your child to do something and your child said, I'll think about it and get back to you? Okay? You know, no, as a parent, uh, you don't want them to think about it. You want them to do it now. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. And the same is true with God. You know, if you're, whether you're a child or a child of God, when God tells you to do something, uh, it's not, I'll think about it. It's not even, I'll pray about it. No, you're being disobedient. Jesus said to them, come, follow me. So Simon and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed him. You realize what's happening here? These guys are stepping away from their jobs. They're stepping away from their careers. They're leaving uh, their, their livelihood, their fishing business in order to follow Christ. And the Bible says they did it immediately. That's fast. Okay? Without delay, I hurry to obey your command. The moment God tells me to do something, I need to start doing it. So, what has God told you to do that you still haven't done it yet? And if you're a believer in Christ, one of the first things Jesus says you need to do is get baptized. Have you done it? Don't put it off. Do it as soon as you can. He's told you to spend time with him in his word and in prayer every day. Do it. Do it now. He's told you to tithe off your income. Do it now. Don't put it off. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Number two, I should move fast when I need to ask for or offer forgiveness. When I need to ask for or offer forgiveness, I should move fast. And really, you need to move fast in the area of forgiveness just for your own health. Because your body is not designed to hold on to guilt, hold on to resentment, hold on to shame. No, you're designed to let it go. And when you hold on to guilt about something you've done to someone else, when you hold on to resentment about what someone has done to you, it's like drinking a bitter poison that is going to eat you alive. And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 23, he says, If you're giving an offering at worship and suddenly you remember that someone has something against you, leave your offering and go immediately to that person and be reconciled. Then you can come back to worship and offer your gift. Jesus is saying forgiveness is more important than worship. That's how important this is. You're at worship, you remember somebody you haven't forgiven, you need to deal with it. Never use worship as an excuse to procrastinate or delay when it comes to forgiveness. Because obedience is the highest form of worship. So what, what sin do you need to confess and ask God to forgive you? What sin have you been holding on to that it's time to just fess up and let God forgive you? 
What, what hurt, what wound are you holding on to where it's time for you to forgive that person? It's time to, to let it go. God says not tomorrow, not next month, not next year. Do it now. I should move fast when it comes to forgiveness. Number three, I should move fast when I feel tempted. When I'm tempted to do something that is not God-honoring, i got to move out of that situation fast. Don't stick around don't resist temptation. Don't argue with temptation. I mean, never argue with temptation because you're going to lose. Listen, Satan has been arguing about temptation for far longer than you have, for thousands of years. And if you try to argue with the devil, you're going to lose. And so the key to overcoming temptation is not to resist, but to run. Don't argue. Get out of the building. Don't fight it. Flee from it. It, take the emergency exit. Get out of there. You know, you're, you're tempted by something on TV, tempted to lust or get mad or be prejudiced or jealous or whatever. Turn the channel. Shut the thing off. Walk out of the room. Don't fight it. Flee. Don't resist it. Run. Run from all evil things. Move it. Hightail it. Run away from the worship of idols. Remember, anything that you put ahead of God is an idol. And God says, we've we got to run from them. Run as fast as you can. Run away from sexual sin. Don't see how close you can get to the line of temptation and still stay pure. No. See how far you can get away from the temptation and how fast you can get away from it. Run. Flee from it. Move fast when you're tempted. Get it? You say got it. Get it? Good. There we go. Number four, I should move fast when I've made a promise to God. When you make a promise to God, you should move fast. Because a delayed promise is an unfulfilled promise. Ecclesiastes 5.4 When you make a promise to God, keep it as quickly as possible. So what promise do you need to keep right now, today? Have you made a promise to share your faith with somebody? Have you made a promise to read through the Bible and never done it? Have you made a promise to start serving? It's time. Because God blesses the person who keeps their promise to him. Blessing follows obedience. It's not that God blesses us and then we obey him. No, we obey him and then God blesses us. So you want to move fast to keep that promise. There's almost nothing God won't do for the person who keeps the promise that they make to God. Number five, I should move fast when I have the opportunity to do good. When you got the opportunity to do something good for somebody, move fast. Don't delay. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait. Do it immediately. Every day, <clears throat> excuse me, every day, God gives you opportunities to practice kindness. Every day. This year, God is going to give you 366 opportunities. It's leap year. You get an extra day. Okay? You get an extra opportunity to help the people in your life with a physical need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, a, uh, an act of kindness, a word of encouragement. God gives you those opportunities. They're actually little tests. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it while it is in your power to act. You see somebody who needs help, do it right then. You know, we, we put these things off because we think there will be a better time. We put things off because Ecclesiastes 11.4, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. 
If you wait for perfect conditions to start helping people, if you wait for perfect conditions to start serving in ministry, if you wait for perfect conditions, you're not going to get it done because we never have perfect conditions in this life. The Bible says do it now because you have no guarantee of tomorrow. No guarantee of tomorrow, let alone next year. Jesus says all of us must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the Father who sent me because there's little time left before the night falls and all work will come to an end. Do you sense the urgency there in what Christ is saying? He says you've got to do it now because you've got no guarantee. No guarantee of tomorrow. Don't put it off. So what did you intend to do last year that you're still saying, well, I'm going to get around to it when the time is right? What, what do you need to get done now? What have you been intending to do for your neighbor or friend or family member? What act of hospitality are you waiting on? Do it fast. Number six, I should move fast when God offers me salvation. And some of you have been putting off stepping across that line of faith. You've been coming to Rockbrook, you've been coming for weeks, months, some of you have been coming for years, been coming with a spouse, been coming with a friend, but you still haven't stepped across that line of faith. You say, well, you know, I, I, intend, I intend to decide for Christ one of these days, but one of these days has become none of these days. Listen, not to decide is to decide not to. You get that? Not to decide is to decide not to. And when you tell Jesus Christ not yet, you're telling him no. You don't want to do that. Look at 2 Corinthians 6 2. God is ready to help you when? Right now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day. Don't put it off any longer. You want to move fast when God offers you salvation, and he offers it to you today. Those are six, six things that God says you need to do quickly. And when those things come up, uh, and when they come up in the new year, don't wait, do them fast. Now, not everything in life requires a fast response. There's a rhythm to life. There's an ebb and flow in life. There are waves and seasons and cycles. And Proverbs 14.29 says, it's smart to be patient. It's the exact opposite of what we just talked about. But sometimes you go fast, sometimes you go slow. And so you enjoyed the first ten so much, I've got ten more jokes about time. <laughs> Number one, my nephew found a cassette tape in my house. It was like watching early man discover fire. <laughs> Number two, my mom has been smelling something burning since 1983. <clears throat> that, that was my mom. I don't care where we went, somebody else's house, where restaurants, where we were. I smell something burning, something's hot. Number three, warning, dates in calendar are closer than they appear. Number four, you will never find anybody who can give you a clear and compelling reason why we observe daylight savings time. Okay. Number five, I work out almost every day. Thursday I almost worked out, Friday I almost worked out, Saturday I almost worked out. Number six, I pre-planned my funeral to include a 32-minute montage of the times I've accidentally waved hello to someone, waving to someone behind me. Number seven, if every day's a gift, I'd like a receipt for Monday, I want to exchange it for another Friday. Number eight, there's never enough time to do it right, but there's always enough time to do it over. 
Number nine, I turned on the light to wake up my kids. My two-year-old turned it off and went back to bed. She used to be the family alarm clock. Now she's the snooze button. (laughs) Number nine, may all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolutions. Okay. So when should I move slowly this year? Uh, Number one, I should always move slowly when I don't have all the facts. When I don't have all the facts, I should move slowly. See, our culture thinks impulsiveness is cool. We we worship spontaneity. If you don't think about it, then it's authentic. If you plan it out, that's inauthentic. So, you know, doing it on the spur of the moment is more classy. People say, just go with your gut. Just go with your gut is a terrible way to make a decision. Because your gut has a history of being wrong. Okay? And today, movies, TV, teaching, you know, trust the force, follow your heart, just look inside you. But the problem is, your heart lies to you all the time. I mean, seriously, who lies to you more than you lie to yourself? Jeremiah 17.9 says, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You lie to yourself all the time. You tell yourself things are better off than they really are. You tell yourself things are worse off than they really are. And so what you need in the new year is not to trust your gut. What you need is you need an objective source of truth beyond yourself. You need the Word of God. You need the Word of God. Something you can rely on that that is truer than your feelings. Because your feelings often lead you in the wrong direction. Proverbs 19.2 says, Zeal, that's enthusiasm, zeal without knowledge is not good. And you get all excited to do something, but you don't have the facts. That's not good. A person who moves too quickly may go the wrong way. Did you ever get in that trap where you just want to make a decision? You just want to do something? You'll even admit, I don't care if it's right or wrong. I just want to do something. No, enthusiasm without the facts is not good. Proverbs 18.3, to decide before knowing the facts is shameful and stupid. Doesn't that sound harsh? It sounds harsh shameful and stupid. Why is it so harsh? Because it's such a serious matter. People screw up their lives. People screw up their eternity because they make decisions before they have all the facts. So on major decisions, you've got to slow down. Don't rely on your gut. Number two, <clears throat> I should move slowly when I'm hurt or angry, and, and I would add or depressed. Hurt, angry, or depressed. don't make a major decision because when when we're when we're like that we react we we retaliate we we respond too quickly before we think it through and we make the wrong decision so you want to slow down when you're hurt angry or depressed james 119 everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry there's a rhythm in that verse quick slow slow quick slow slow quick to get the facts slow to speak slow to become angry proverbs 14 29 whoever is slow to anger has great understanding but he who is quick tempered makes foolish mistakes let me show you a couple more they're not on your outline they'll just be on the screen proverbs 15 28 the godly think before speaking You put your mind in gear before you put your mouth in motion, especially on social media, okay? Especially on social media. Listen, folks, social media is full of angry, mad, argumentative people. 
Don't get hooked by some troll. You don't have to comment on everything you see there. Listen, you've got to be smarter than a meme. Okay? Proverbs 15, 18. Losing your temper causes trouble, but staying calm settles arguments. So you go slow when you're hurt, angry, or depressed because you don't need any more trouble. You don't need any more trouble. You want things to be calm and settle down. Number three. I should move slowly when making a major decision. You know, you, you get in a hurry on a major decision and, and you, you run into a brick wall. And so you get in a hurry to get married. You get in a hurry to change jobs. You get in a hurry to buy a car. You know, those are thoughtful decisions that are worthy. They're worthy of your time. And you go slow. Proverbs 21, 29, wicked people bluff their way through life, but God's people think before they take a step. So what major decisions are you facing in this new year where you need to slow down? Don't get in a hurry. Don't rush it. Put on the brakes. Get all the facts. And yeah, sometimes you should go fast, but God says in major decisions, you need to think about this. Proverbs 4.26, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be secure. You know, ponder means to carefully consider the decisions in your life. You ponder it, you think about it, you meditate on it, you consider it. You can't ponder fast. You must ponder slow. That applies to a job change, decisions about your marriage, decisions in parenting, major purchases, you know, Proverbs 22.3, sensible people see trouble coming and avoid it, but an unthinking person will walk right into it and regret it later. The number one area for unthinking, impulsing, quick decisions, you know, you know where it is? It's in your spending. It's in your spending. Impulse buying, snap decisions, buying on credit rather than saving up and paying cash for it. You know, this time of year, the word sale I mean, it gets more people in trouble. You see that word, you need to slow down. Slow down. And they'll tell you, act now, act now, sail, sail ends, sail ends. Well, let it. Okay? I'm going to, Proverbs 21.5, plan carefully what you do, and you'll have plenty. If you act too quickly, you will never have enough. You know why you never have enough money? Because you're spending it too quickly. You need to plan carefully your spending. Planned spending is called a budget. And the solution to impulsive buying is to nip it in the budget. Okay? You plan your spending. Then you'll have enough. If you act too quickly, you'll never have enough. You'll always be in debt. Number four. <clears throat> I should move slowly this year when waiting for a seed I've planted to grow. When I'm waiting for a seed I planted to grow, I, I need to move slowly. Wait patiently. The Bible talks a lot about sowing and reaping. You, know, you plant your seed, and then you reap a harvest. And that happens in every area of your life. You plant kindness, you reap kindness. You plant joy, you reap joy. You plant anger, you reap anger. You plant envy, you reap envy. Whatever you plant, you will reap. But there's always a delay between planting and harvesting. You know, you don't put the seed in the ground and the next day have an apple tree with apples on it. I mean, it just doesn't happen. There's a delay between planting and harvesting. Ecclesiastes 3. 
There is a time for everything, and there is a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to plant, and there's a time to harvest, a time to scatter, and a time to gather. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Everything in life starts out as a seed. You started out as a seed. Everything does. Everything starts out as an idea, a dream. You know, it's a seed. And, and unless the seed is planted, nothing happens. Okay? But once you plant it, you don't get to harvest it immediately. You always reap in a different season than you sow. And some of you have been generous. You've been faithful in an area. And you think, you know, I'm just not seeing any generosity coming back to me. You reap in a different season than you sow. It's always a different season. Ecclesiastes 11.6, keep on sowing your seed, for you never know which ones will grow. Perhaps they all will. Okay? Perhaps they all will eventually and so this year, you can plant seeds of love, seeds of generosity, seeds of kindness, seeds of patience. You can plant financial seeds through giving to God. And in the law of planting and harvesting, and watch this, you always get back more than you planted. Always. You know, when I plant a kernel of corn and it grows, do I get back one kernel of corn? No. What do I get? I, I get a corn stalk that has multiple ears of corn on it, and each ear has a multitude of kernels on it. Same thing with wheat, same thing with soybeans, same thing with anything, an apple. You know, you can count the seeds in an apple, but can you count the apples in a seed? You know, you always reap more than you sowed. And that's true positively in things like generosity. It's true negatively in things like anger. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap more of. You sow the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. And some of you have been planting good seeds in your life. And you say, I've been doing uh, the right thing, Pastor. I'm serving God, I'm reading my Bible, I've been doing all the things God wants me to do, but I'm not seeing the harvest yet. Okay? You've you got to go slow. And you may get discouraged, but look what God says in Habakkuk 2.3. He says, at the time I have decided... Okay, God gets to decide when the harvest comes. At the time I have decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. There are times when you go fast. There are times when you go slow. I'm going to close this out. I want to end this year, begin the new year, with a prayer that Solomon prayed in 1 Kings 8, 5. Uh, let's read this out loud together, would you? May God keep us centered and devoted to Him, following the life path He has cleared, watching the signposts, and walking at the pace and rhythms He laid down for our ancestors. Okay, now who are our ancestors? Well, they're the people in the Bible. Okay? So we look in the Bible, we see the pace and the rhythm of life that God has laid down. Sometimes you go fast, sometimes you go slow. Now before we end, I, I want to go back to 2 Corinthians 6.2. It says, God is ready to help you right now. Today is the day of salvation. And if you've never opened your heart and life to Jesus Christ, this is your moment. This is your The sovereign God of the universe brought you here today, right now, in this service, in this moment, for you to be able to respond to his offer of salvation. 
This is your moment. Don't put it off. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till the new year. Don't, don't go one more day without Jesus Christ in your life. Let, let's, let's bow our heads together. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. If you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, just simply pray this prayer in the quietness of your own heart and mind. You know, God will hear you. Just say, Jesus Christ, come into my heart and life right now. I don't want to wait another day to follow you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and give me that new, eternal, abundant life that you offer those who trust in you. Lord, I pray you'd help all of us to walk in the Spirit, in both the steps of life and the stops of life. Lord, sometimes you put a roadblock to help us be patient. Sometimes you use circumstances to slow us down. And sometimes you clear the path and you want us to move as fast as possible. So Lord, help me to learn to discern the pace of life that you call me to. Help me to trust you, obey you, follow you, walking in the pace and rhythms that you've laid down for me. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.